Jink is saying that Jesus is progressive. Now, what does that mean? He said, give away all of your worldly possessions and come follow me to help the poor and the needy. Guys, stop the ads, stop the ads. You're gonna get accidentally, you're gonna accidentally get people to find out Jesus is the biggest lefty in the history of the world. Bruce Lawn. The idea of Jesus being appropriated isn't new. People appropriate Jesus for whatever they want to. But sometimes the appropriation becomes more and more egregious. And today I found a clip of Chink from the Young Turks. Now, the Young Turks is a far left progressive YouTube channel. Okay, so they are the antithesis of what like a Daily Wire would be. In their commentary about uh, the Jesus ads during the Super Bowl, which, which was actually reasonable. The majority of this video was them dunking on AOC being stupid for saying that this was fascist. But this take is wild in terms of Chink making the argument that Jesus was a communist. Yep. No, I take this out. So that's the issue with the people behind the ad. That is what motivated the tweet coming from AOC. Now, Cenk, fill us in more on this whole like right-wing backlash to the ad. Yeah, and then I want to tell you where I come out on it. Uh, so they really don't like that they're making Jesus look progressive, but he is. <laughs> As I explained in my book, Justice is Coming. So he says, because remember what happened was after this went, this, 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 these ads went, there's a lot of infighting. There was ad, there was infighting with the Charlie Kirk saying, oh, this is too woke. And then you had the conservatives uh, mad at it. And then you had the liberals saying it was fascist and yada, 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 yada. Jink is saying, that Jesus is progressive. Now, what does that mean? What does progressive mean? Are we, are we are we trying to progress human flourishing in certain aspects? Okay, depends on what the aspects are, right? Jesus definitely made the world better, for sure. Definitely made the world better. But was he a progressive in the way that the Young Turks are progressives? Come on, come on. Jink, that's not what it is. Okay, listen to me. Link down below. Um, Jesus was pretty much a communist. Jesus was pretty much a communist, according to James. Uh, if you're shocked by that, that means you haven't read the Bible at all. Jesus is so far to the left of me, it's not even close. One of our members just wrote in on YouTube, and not a quip wrote in, Jesus was the most woke. Yeah, not only did he uh, wash the feet of uh, the poor, prostitutes, immigrants, etc. He said, give away all of your worldly possessions and come follow me to help the poor and the needy, right? Wow, the most woke, the most communist. The most, the most leftist progressive version of Jesus you have ever heard. That is the argument being made right now. I wouldn't do that, okay? And giving away all of your worldly possessions is literally communist, okay? So you can't get any further left than Jesus. He threw out who? The money changers, the bankers. That was the very first thing he did, right? So the very that was the That was the very first thing he did. This is, this is, this is someone that has expertise in one area that's fumbling through and rattling stuff off where he's absolutely clearly ignorant about what Jesus did. The very first miracle Jesus did was turning water into wine at a wedding, right? Then he did a bunch of healings and he did all kinds of cool stuff. And then down the road, he turns, flips the money changers, which was, yeah, that was, that was appropriate for what was going on. The last thing the right wing wants you to find out is who Jesus actually was. And so if you find out how progressive Jesus is, it ruins their whole scam. Their whole scam is, no, 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 Jesus was super greedy and he loved prosperity preachers and tax cuts for the rich. And my God, did he love corporations. Now, clearly that's a character of conservatives because most conservatives aren't pro-corporations getting tax cuts for the rich. Most conservatives, right, uh, aren't 
super greedy. The vast majority of the charitable donations worldwide is by Christian conservatives. So it, 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 this is a pretty goofy assessment here. <laughs> I mean, they're a joke, but they've tricked hundreds of millions of people into believing this madness. So they're hundreds saying to these guys who are right-wingers, guys, stop the ads, stop the ads. You're gonna get accidentally, you're gonna accidentally get people to find out Jesus is the biggest lefty in the history of the world, right? He makes Karl Marx blush for how left he is. That, that, that's goofy. All right, so let's do our, our buddy Jink uh, uh, a favor here. Let's let's set this record straight once and for all, because this idea that um, Jesus was a communist, right? That that is that is the accusation being made here. Jesus was a communist. Let's let's go look at scripture, because scripture it's it's important with scripture. It's, and, and and folks do do this. Folks that are terrible with finances and don't care to learn about financial literacy, they throw this nonsense out, and that is a thing, right? But let's look at the actual scripture of Jesus saying to sell your worldly possessions. And if that's what he said to everybody he encountered, or if that was said to a specific person in a specific context for a specific reason. Hey, you wanna see something crazy? 67% of the people who watch this channel are not subscribed. Do me a quick favor, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you stay up to date on all the videos here on the Bless God Studios channel. Let's check this out. So this is the story of the rich young man, the rich young ruler, okay? Now, this scripture gets bastardized all the time by folks on the left, folks on the right, folks that are terrible with money, folks that uh, just want to get their hell insurance and want Jesus to zap them to heaven as quickly as possible, uh, folks that want you to just have a terrible life and suffer and have the poverty gospel. And this is the passage that gets weaponized. We've talked about it before. Let's read it together. Matthew chapter 19, verse 16. Someone came to Jesus with this question, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Now, the question is, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? If we know anything about the New Testament, we know that eternal life, being saved, going to heaven, is by grace through faith. It's not about a good deed. You can't do it what works, therefore no man should boast. This is Ephesians 2.8. So the question is wrong. Now watch what Jesus says. Why ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good, but to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Which ones, the man asked. Jesus replied, you must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely, honor your mother and father, love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus is saying, he's echoing the, the Ten Commandments, right? The moral law. And this, this gentleman replies, I've obeyed all these commandments. The young man replied, what else must I do? Okay, again, this entire conversation is anchored on what? This entire conversation is anchored on salvation. This is, this is an important note, right? We, we have to know what the passage is about. This man wants to go to heaven and get what? Salvation. What else? And where's the question? What must I do to, to get eternal life? What, what else must I do? Jesus is, is echoing the Old Testament requirements of how people get saved, but then he, he he's foreshadowing what the New Testament post-resurrection pathway is to, to have salvation. Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Okay, so if you want to be perfect. So what is the entire question? The entire question is anchored on what must I do, what, what, works, what good works must I commit to be saved? What must I do to be saved? What else must I do to be saved? Right? And Jesus says, you have to, you have to part with your with, with all your wealth. You got to sell it all to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Now, now listen to you want me to drive home with this. So, so I've already said that this is twice about salvation. Let me drive this home even more. 
But when a young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. And Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. I'll say it again. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Now, people will argue and say that there was this little eye of a needle into the town of Jerusalem, and a camel would have to shimmy down and, and, and take its luggage off and go through to get through. So you're just about not being controlled by your wealth. Now, I've been to Jerusalem. I've been to Israel. I, as far as I know, there's no eye of a needle. I've never seen any scholarly work on an eye of a needle or this gate existing for camels to shimmy on through. So I don't know if that's if that's true. I haven't seen any evidence for it. What I think is happening is Jesus is being literal. I mean, excuse me, he's being hyper, hyperbolic. He's saying it's impossible. He's saying it's impossible. And this is look at the disciples' response. The the, the disciples were astounded. Then. Who in the world can be saved? Notice again, what does this keep coming back to? Being saved. Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. Okay. Humanly speaking, this is impossible. Meaning on your own, you cannot do anything to be saved. But with God, everything is possible. The disciples were astounded. Why were the disciples astounded? Verse 25, they were astounded because in their context, the rich were viewed as more righteous. They were viewed because it was more of a fatalistic society. They were viewed as more righteous. So if the rich can't be saved, if the rich who keep all the laws can't be saved, who then can be saved, Jesus? It's literally what verse 25 is. He's shot. Who then can be saved? And what is Jesus' response? Humanly speaking, it is impossible. With God, everything is possible. Salvation is only possible with God. Not with your rule keeping, not with your morality, not with you wanting to do things and, you know, uh, appear pious. It's only possible with God. How? Through Jesus. Then Peter said, we've given up everything uh, to follow you. What, what, what will we get? And Jesus says, I assure you that words made new and the Son of Man sits upon his glorious throne. You have been my followers. will sit on 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of, Jew, of, of Israel. So the disciples gave up everything, and this rich young ruler couldn't give up everything. And he kept pressing. So the, the, what the passage is actually about is not saying you can't, get, you, you, you can't go to heaven unless you sell everything. That's not what that's saying. How do we know this? Well, because Jesus is repeatedly saying it's impossible to be saved without God. Without what? Without the cross. Two, how else do we know that this is not true? Because we see throughout the New Testament in the planting of the churches— Wealthy people are part of the process. We see people with resources a part of the process. People will, will butcher acts and say, oh, well, they sold all their possessions. And then the very, very next part says, and they gathered in their homes. What does that mean? That means there were certain people that had homes. There were certain people that had homes. They owned property. Private property rights are in the Bible. Okay, People had property, and they had property after they maintained their homes. They had homes. So you see people with homes, you see God using wealthy people all the time. When Paul went to plant churches, he would find people in certain areas. He would anchor uh, his, his church plants around people, Aquila, Priscilla, Phoebe, folks who were entrepreneurial, and he would use and anchor their relationships, their networks, their wealth to further launch churches, okay? So this passage isn't saying if you're rich, you can't go to heaven unless you sell everything. That's not what that's saying. Jesus is not saying you have to be a communist to follow me. That's not what that's saying. This is specifically talking about salvation. And dig this. If you want to talk about on a global level, if you're watching this on an iPhone, if you have high-speed internet, friends, you're in the top 5% of the world's wealth. The rich young ruler isn't somebody who's richer than you. The rich young ruler is probably you and I. So Jesus is telling us no one can be saved. 
apart from God having to do the impossible and create a miracle and a pathway because no one could keep the law perfectly but those who God has called righteous in the Old Testament, right? And even though all the all the church fathers, I mean the church fathers, the the, 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 the folks in the Old Testament were all messed up and fell short. So this passage is not about if you don't sell everything you have and give it away to the government, which would be the communist application of it, or give it away to the poor, then you can't go to heaven. That's not what Jesus taught. That's not what Jesus was about. How do we also know this? Because if you just go a couple chapters forward in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus is talking about time, talent, and treasure and making the most with your time, talent, and treasure on this side of eternity. So this is some real goofy, silly theology that um, unfortunately Jink threw out here. And uh, you'll see folks throw this stuff out. You'll see folks um, just completely butcher this and stamp Jesus on it and say, see, Jesus said, you have to sell everything. You have to be saved. Uh, that, it never says that. It says we're saved by grace through faith, by believing that Jesus died, bros, and by professing with our mouth, right? Believing in our heart, professing with our mouth. That's what salvation is. And without Jesus going to the cross, there's no way. There's no way anyone's making it. Hey, this clip is from our daily after-party stream. If you enjoyed it, consider signing up for our Patreon community for only $5 a month where you get access to the replays of our daily after-party streams as well as the uncut extended versions of our podcast, Discord access that's private, and a discount code for our merch store only $5 a month. And ultimately, it's the best way to help us conceptualize the gospel of Jesus using media, podcasting, and of course, YouTube. The link for that is in the description or in the pinned comment. The perks are amazing. You should get on there. It's only $5 a month. I'll see you over there. All right. Peace.